Hello and welcome to the Bayside Sermon Series podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Duckworth, Media and Technical Director here at Bayside. It's been a long time since we've done this. Hopefully you guys are ready to jump back in. This week we start with a new sermon series, Holy Roar. Eight words that will change the way you worship. Join us with Pastor Dave Ritter today as we talk about Yada and going public with our praise of God. I hope you enjoy today's discussion. All right, this week we are with Pastor Dave Ritter and we are in Psalm 67. Let's take just a second and read the synopsis for this sermon series. Holy Roar, Eight Words That Will Change the Way You Worship. In the ancient world, something extraordinary happened when God's people gathered together to worship Him. It was more than just singing. It was a declaration, a proclamation, a time to fully embody praise to God for who He is and what He has done. In fact, in the Psalms, eight Hebrew words are translated into the English word praise. In this series, we will explore the nuances of these eight words and how they help us understand more fully what it means to truly worship God. All right, Pastor Dave, so this week our word was... Yada. Yada. Uh, So what does yada mean? Well, yada is an interesting word in that it, it has the most basic meaning of all behind it is the idea of confessing or declaring um, so it's, it's, as I put it in the, in the sermon on Sunday, it's less about the expression of praise, like the next word halal is going to be much more about celebration and praising as a matter of celebration. Uh, this word is less, less about the, the expression of praise and more about the content behind the praise. So, uh, yada, when it's translated praise, uh, basically means to confess what you know to be true about God or what you've come to learn about God. Uh, so when we when we confess, for instance, that he's a good God, that he's a great God, that he's gracious and kind and merciful, uh, you, we're we're dying him. We're, we're uh, declaring uh, the greatness of certain of his attributes. Um, sometimes yada it can be translated as uh, give thanks. Uh, particularly when the praise has to do with something that God has done. So when we when we yada God and say He did this for me, uh, you could you could also translate it as, as giving thanks. Uh, so it's a, it's a kind of a flexible word, but mostly behind it is the whole idea of this is what we know about God, and we're going to expose it to public view. We're going to make it public. So as we look at Psalm sixty-seven. Uh, The word comes up several times. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase, God. Our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. 
Yeah, so the word yada uh, comes up four times in those verses that you just read. And it's uh, in verse 3 and verse 5. Uh, Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. And 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 uh, verse 3 and verse 5 are mirror images of one another. They say the same thing in exact parallelism. Hebrew poetry goes in parallel lines, parallel thoughts. And, and so each time you see the word praise in those two verses, it's that word yada. So it's, a, it's basically calling on all the peoples of the earth to, to declare God's praise, to acknowledge and confess that he is, he is Lord, he is God. Um, yeah, and the interesting thing about Psalm 67 is that it's often called the missionary psalm because it kind of starts with this inward focus where Israel is concerned, but then very quickly moves out from Israel to the peoples and all the nations of the earth. Uh, and, and the idea being there that from the very beginning, you know, when God made his covenant with Abraham, uh, I'll make you great, and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Well, it was through Abraham's descendants that that blessing passed down, ultimately uh, came to fruition in, in Messiah, Jesus. Uh, but from the very start, it was understood that the descendants of Abraham uh, uh, and, and Jacob would be that nation through whom uh, the, the nations, the other nations, would be blessed. So, um, yeah, so there's this kind of outward movement. Uh, may God uh, uh, be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Uh, almost seems self-serving until you, you recognize that that's how God instructed uh, Aaron and the high priest to bless Israel. The, the great, we call it the Aaronic blessing. Not ironic, but Aaronic, uh, because it's the blessing that Aaron was to pronounce. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Uh, may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Uh, and that was that was the blessing of Aaron. And what we have in verse 1 here of, of Psalm 67 is simply a shortened version of that. And and the people of Israel, as they, as they raise up this song in worship, uh, asking for God to bless them, to be gracious to them to make his face to shine upon them. Now, so that it's not lost on us, uh, while we have no written musical notation, the Psalms were intended to be sung to. Most of them have a note at the beginning of them. Uh, this one in particular says, to the choir master with stringed instruments, uh, a psalm, a song. Uh, so as we, we look at these uh, next eight weeks, keeping in mind uh, that there was music, that this was you know, this was all part of a, a bigger uh, part of of the celebration uh, of what we do in our worship. So, trying to imagine uh, just a, a congregation of people singing this psalm after the harvest, for instance. Um, yes, good point. It, these are songs. Uh, so when you when you're looking at the psalms, you're really looking at the hymnal of Israel, uh, and in fact that tradition kind of has carried down uh, into some uh, Christian denominations. Uh, my mother grew up in the Christian Reformed Church, and their hymnal was the Psalter hymnal, uh, where an attempt was made to take each of the Psalms and put them into English words, I suppose originally Dutch words, but then English words, uh, and uh, in each of the songs, the Psalms was, was put to song. So um, 
you could literally sing your way through the book of Psalms that way. And, and that's basically the way the Psalms, as they got collected, were used in Israel. It became Israel's hymnal. There's also a little notation every other couple of times it shows up in, in this Psalm at the end of verse 1 and again at the end of verse 4, a little word uh, tacked on at the end of the verse, Selah, S-E-L-A-H. And nobody really knows what that means, but the suspicion is it's some kind of a, a musical instruction. All right, question two. Uh, who is being encouraged to praise, or to yada, the Lord in these verses? We've kind of talked about that, that it's, it's starting with the nation of Israel and then wanting those praises to move forward to the neighboring nations. Yeah, it's interesting that Israel asks to be blessed in verse 1, and the specific purpose for it in verse 2 is that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. So it's not, there's not just a, like a selfish motivation in saying, God bless us, you know, we, we want to be blessed. Uh, but there's a missionary motivation, that is, if you bless us, other nations will see that and and want to know about this God. And if they look at Israel and they say, look at the amazing harvest they had, you know, uh, they must have some kind of God who really loves them. Uh, and and uh, maybe that would provoke people to look into the God of Israel. Uh, you know, uh, they, they win a great battle against overwhelming odds, uh, beating a super, one of the world superpowers of the, of the era. And, and that would become the talk of the nations. Uh, little Israel had a victory against Egypt, had a victory over Babylon, had a victory over uh, Syria or the Philistines. Uh, they must have some kind of God. Um, and so uh, the agenda in asking God to bless Israel it, the Israelites asking God to bless them was to make God famous, to make the Lord and his works uh, more broadly known uh, to other nations. Uh, there's a great example of that in uh, the book of Daniel, where you remember the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refusing to bow down to the image. And they're warned that if you don't bow down to the image, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And they refuse. Uh, they king strikes up the music again, and they refuse to bow down. And so the king makes the the uh, furnace seven times hotter. It's so hot that the soldiers who throw the Hebrews in are burned uh, are burned up. They, they die. They can't take the heat. And then um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar is amazed to see that there's not three walking around in the fire, but there's a fourth, uh, which, you know, many scholars believe to be a uh, a theophany, a, a visitation of, of Christ. Uh, and and they come out of the fire, the three come out of the fire completely unsinged. And Nebuchadnezzar then basically says, there's no one like the God of Israel. Uh, don't anybody ever say anything bad about their God. And, and right there you have an illustration of what Psalm 67 is talking about. You bless us, God, and, and it's going to make your name known among the nations. Um, you know, your saving power may be known. Your ways may be known. And then comes the exhortation in, in verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And it's an aspiration to say, you know, as, as people, not just Israelites, but people of any uh, tribe or tongue come to recognize the greatness of God, May they join with us in this song of praise to, to our God. 
may they end up confessing, yadaing, going public with their acknowledgments of his greatness and his glory. And for those of you following along in the discussion questions, uh, Daniel chapter 3 was uh, point number 4. Um, let's move on to uh, point number 5. Uh, it is a given that God's people should praise him. The psalm is sometimes called the missionary psalm, as we discussed, uh, because that's we should also live in such a way as to draw attention of unbelievers uh, to how great our God is in hope that they will come to Yudah Him as well. Looking at verses 4 through 7, how should the unbelieving nations respond when they see how God has blessed His people? And the ending of verse 7 kind of sums it up. Uh, Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. Now, in sometimes when scripture uses the word fear, it has multiple meanings. Sometimes it can mean in the in, to be in awe of God, or it can be to fear Him. Which which do you, do you think here, or is it both? I, I think it could be both. It's a both and, but I think the uh, the ultimate desire here is that the nations themselves would come to know God in a redeeming way, um, and and out of that would. Come, come, you know, reverence for God. Um, uh, hence, you know, let all the, the nations fear Him to the ends of the earth. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's certainly, if you understand God rightly, you're you're going to have fear because He is, He's a great God. I love, I love the passage in the Narnia Chronicles where uh, the the lion Aslan is going to be introduced to the children uh, and um, he represents Jesus and they ask this character Mr. Beaver uh, is he safe? Uh, little Susan says is he safe? and the beaver says of course he's not safe but he's good right he's not a tame lion right he's not tame but he's good and, and I think that's kind of that's kind of the aspiration here is that we'll come to understand the the greatness the the holiness, the majesty, the power of God, but also uh, come to an understanding of his goodness and his grace, graciousness and his blessing on, on those who uh, fear him. All right, question six. Practically speaking, how can we live lives that will provoke others to praise God? And what might that look like? First uh, Peter kind of gives us a good example. This is chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Yeah, so that that verse speaks directly to the application here in, in point six in the discussion questions. Um, so, you know, the occasion for the writing of Psalm 67 appears to be the harvest. Because in verse 6, uh, it says, The earth has yielded its increase. So there's a celebration going on in Israel. Um, God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And, and so the occasion of this wonderful harvest is taken as, uh, as an impetus to say to the surrounding nations, look what our God has done for us. Uh, you, sh you should fear him too. Uh, you, you should put your, your trust in him. 
And I think for us as believers, um, you know, we sometimes take it for granted what we have in Christ. Mm. You know, I, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, you know, we raised our kids in a Christian home. Uh, you know, the, the we, and, and, you know, it's only when I became older and began recognizing that my family was not normal. We, we were <laughs> rather exceptional in terms of, uh, you know, uh, knowing Christ and, and seeking him together and being encouraged by my parents to to follow Jesus and um, and, and I came to appreciate that later in life as I, I ran into so many people who came from such broken backgrounds and families that didn't honor God or, or follow Jesus um, you know and, and then we brought our kids up the same way and now they're kind of lights in, in their communities and workplaces uh, but I think for us as believers in Jesus, maybe we don't necessarily point to the harvest, but but we should be able to point to change lives. You know, the harvest, the souls, if you will. The the fact that, um, you know, okay, I, I don't have a, a big story of a sinful, you know, rebellious teenage life and, and I was miraculously transformed. I don't have that testimony. But I have, I have the testimony of uh, of a life that was blessed from the get-go with God-loving parents and, and being raised in a Christian home. Uh, and and that in itself is a story to be told. But here at Bayside, I think there are there are many, many stories of, of astounding transformation that has taken place in people's lives. People have been delivered from alcohol and, and drug addiction. Uh, people who who will bear witness to the fact that, you know, their, their marriage was on the rocks and then, uh, they, they came to faith in Christ and, 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 you know, and beginning to walk in Christ is, is what turned their marriage around and, and transformed their married life together. Uh, lots and lots of stories. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes have kind of thought, well, I don't want to talk about how blessed I am because that'll just annoy people. Or I don't want to talk about how blessed I am um, because uh, I, I, don't want, I don't want people to feel bad that they, they didn't have the kind of upbringing I had. But I think we all need to talk about our stories. We all need to talk about what God has done for us. Um, especially, you know, I mean, we all we all share in common, if, if we're believers, the story of how, you know, God brought us to a point where we recognized we were sinners condemned in in sin dead in transgressions and sin and uh, god reached into our lives he brought somebody into our lives an influential teacher or a parent or or somebody a friend along the way who told us about jesus and and what he did in dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead uh, not just so that we can be forgiven and go to heaven but so that we can uh, be released from the guilt and grip of sin here and now and live lives empowered by his spirit to live a whole different way uh, than other people live. And, and I think that's what we have to show off today. Um, if, if, if there's a corollary in this to harvest, you know, Hey, look at the harvest we had. You should, you should worship God too. For us, it's like, Hey, look at what God has done in my life. Um, not, not in a braggy way, but to say, uh, you know, I was, I was helpless. I was hopeless without Jesus. And, and this is what he's done for me. And, you know, Peter talks about that too, where he says, 
always be ready to to give a reason for the hope that you have in Christ. Um, that assumes that we're talking about the hope that we have in Christ, that people know about the hope that we have in Christ. And and that, you know, we're, we're kind of bragging on God when we do that. We're kind of saying, uh, you know, I, I was a sinner, you know, condemned. <laughs> but Jesus reached into my life and, and he's turned me completely around and, you know, I give him all praise and glory. You know, and if if people hear that from enough people they respect, mm-hmm. um, like the story I told about my friend Jerry at the end of the sermon, it, it wasn't that Jerry heard it once. He, he heard it and he saw it a half dozen or more times in the lives of men that he respected, that they were Christ followers and they had that in common. Uh, and, and then when his dad came to faith in Christ, that's kind of what put him over the edge of, of you know, wanting to more, know more about that. And, and uh, you know, all those men were, were ready to, to tell him, you know, how he could find that kind of blessing in Christ, too. So, um, yeah, so as we go public, as we yada the Lord, as we declare his greatness and talk about what he's done for us, um, you know, hopefully that will be used of God. It, it will be used of God. It will be used of God to, to draw attention uh, to people who are right now far away from him, draw attention to his glory, his greatness, and, and his, his, um, his grace. Uh, and uh, very likely, God will use that to, to draw people to faith in Christ themselves. Then we have more worshipers, right? <laughs> now it's not just me, it's not just you. Now there's Jerry, now there's this guy and, th- and that woman, and, 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 and the worship grows. And that's, that's the whole point of, of Psalm 67. It starts with Israel. God blessing Israel, and then just grows from there as other people see the goodness of God toward this despised people, and and um, and, and want in on that, uh, and and I think that's that's how we need to live our Christian lives. We need need to live our Christian lives right out in the open, so that people can see who we are and what Christ has done for us, in hopes of gaining more and more worshipers for Him. I think at Bayside we do a really good job of outreach into the community to to help show those things. Uh, VBS every year is, is a great uh, way, but also coming up in the next couple of weeks are Fall Fest, a huge event, turnout from the community. And the gospel is is presented there uh, multiple ways, uh, even though we, we're taking this this time of year and trying to redeem um, you know the the scariness, the you know all, all the things that have to do with Halloween and we're, we're taking and going, no, this this is a a presentation that we're we're trying to take the time to outreach and and give back and and educate our community on on our presence here and what we stand for and and show them Christ in all that we're doing here. Yeah, Fall Fest is is you know one one good example of that, and um, you know they they always have the the gospel tent where they're doing a craft. Um, usually, it's a the uh, wordless book bracelet with the colors that represent the story of salvation. And, uh, you know, parents are encouraged to to help their children, uh, you know, build the craft, and they're hearing the gospel story of what each of those colors means, you know. Um, uh, and and then, uh, you know, whether whether people put their, make a decision to trust Christ right there on the spot or not, we have so many stories of how through VBS or through uh Fun, fall fun fest that there's just a um you know kind of provokes a, a question in people's minds of 
people who do all of this for kids and for free, maybe this would be a good place to bring my children. And so for their kids' sake, they start coming to church, and and uh, before long, you know, mom and dad are hearing the gospel while the kids are in children's church, and, and um, you know, I, I, I don't know how many families have, have actually started coming to Bayside and have become integral, you know, members of our church because their first exposure was through one of those outreach events. But that that is one, one way of kind of showing off, right, of, of saying, hey, we've got a great God and we want you to know about him. So we're going to do this free event that your family's going to have fun at. Uh, but, you know, behind it all, we want you to understand why we are the way we are, you know, what, what it is that we believe and um, and how you can have that too. All right, so as we're coming to the end of our time, one of the things I'd like to start including on each segment of the podcast is where's the gospel presentation in this week's message? And the the thought behind that is because there's Bayside is made up of many different people uh, at different points in their spiritual walk. And I think it's important that they each know, uh, that they know that each time that they listen to a sermon at Bayside, uh, and each time that they open the Bible, that we're pointing to Jesus and the, the saving power of the gospel. Yeah, that's one of our convictions, is that no matter where you are in the scriptures, it's the story of, of Jesus and his redeeming love. And, um, you know, I, I think the, the, uh, the gospel here has to do with well, he even talks about it, um, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. And, uh, you know, for Israel, saving power probably had to do with military, you know, conquests or battles that they won uh, where they were besieged or under attack and God delivered them. Uh, for us, saving power has to do with what I referenced just a few minutes ago, um, you know, God saving power from the guilt and grip of sin, the... the um, the way that uh, uh, you know Christ has has saved us from that by His death and resurrection, and so uh, I would say I would say that's where the the gospel connection comes out most clearly is in that whole idea of um, you know when when redeemed people when God's people brag on Him and talk about what He has done for them uh, that's that's an attractor. That's a magnet that draws people uh, to Christ, and so by by publicly going public with with our story, our testimony of what God has done for us, um, you know that's that's uh, you know one way that we can essentially fulfill the aspiration of Psalm sixty seven to make more and more worshipers for God from every every language and nation, um, and of course in in this last Sunday sermon. Um, I ended with a story about Jerry and how he came to faith in Christ. So, uh, yeah, thanks for drawing attention to that, because I think for our listeners, I'd really like them to be on the lookout for where's the gospel in this message. Not every not every message we preach is going to lead to a gospel invitation, but every message we preach will somehow uh, cast light on the gospel. All right, that's going to finish our time today. Thank you very much, Pastor Dave, and we appreciate all that you're doing. And we look forward to the next couple of weeks as to going through the Psalms and looking at these words that will change the way that we worship. Next week, we continue the series, Holy Roar, with Pastor Ken Carlson, the celebration of praise.
Thank you for joining us today and I hope you have a blessed week.